Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. It is that time of week again, wonderful people. It is time for another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful, wonderful show that I love to do each and every Wednesday. I'm so excited about today's guest, Owen Video, or Owen Hemseth from Owen Video, and he has some absolute value bombs that he is going to be dropping on you guys, so make sure you stick around for that. I would like to go ahead and thank our sponsors. Number one would be TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U. U-D-D-Y. If you haven't already, guys, what are you doing? We're almost 70 episodes into this thing now. Click the link in the show notes. Download the free browser plugin that we all know and love that is called TubeBuddy, and I promise you, you will not regret it. It will make your YouTube life so much easier. I promise you, download it just for the fact of the new feature that they're about to release called Video Analytics or Video Lytics. allows you to, every time you pull up a video on YouTube, see some really in-depth stats about that video. Not not just yours, but other people's as well. Guys, that's just one of many of the wonderful features that TubeBuddy has. The other sponsor that I want to mention today are the fine folks over at Audio Hero. If you're looking for copyright-free music for your videos, if you've ever thought to yourself, you know what? I would love to find a Netflix for royalty-free music that I could use anytime for the rest of my life on my content audiohero.com. Use our promo code creator, C-R-E-A-T-O-R, and you will get for $9.99 per month, unlimited access, 50 tracks every single month, guys. It's wonderful. Uh, I do want to say thank you so much for making this show what it is. If you haven't already, go on over to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play and subscribe to the show. So that way, every single Wednesday, when I release a new episode, you will be notified. Guys, YouTube and growing as a creator is a passion of mine. And I love teaching people. And I love hearing the success stories of people that email me on a weekly basis. And they say, Dusty, I've listened to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I've listened to the TubeBuddy Express podcast. I've watched one of your YouTube tutorials on YouTube. And you know what? It helped me. It made a light bulb go off, and I'm now doing things that I never thought possible on YouTube. That is the purpose of this show. Guys, thanks again. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's conversation. I am so excited today to be joined by Owen Video. He is a YouTuber and live streamer with over 21,000 subscribers, 1.2 million minutes of watch time. He hosts the Business of Video podcast on iTunes, which is broadcast live on Facebook every single week. He's a consultant and the founder of biztubeacademy.com. Owen, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I am pumped to be on your show, Dusty. It's not every day that I get to be a guest on a show that I love. You know what I <laughs> mean? Because awesome. uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, and, and I think that you and I have some similar uh, uh, geeky traits, and I'm, I'm excited to explore those today. Love it, man. Love it. I know that I talked to you about this off-air just a couple of minutes ago, but guys, if you haven't already, uh, you probably haven't because we're only like 30 seconds in this thing, but I promise you, once you get done consuming this podcast, you need to click the link in the show notes and go check out what Owen is doing over on his YouTube channel, Owen Video. Um, he is a YouTube edutainer, uh, does all kinds of stuff about business and video, and there's just so much goodness on his channel, but really, one of the main things that I I go to Owen's channel for is to look at the amazing edits on his video. He is such a great video editor. So before we get ahead of ourselves, Owen, let's go ahead and I want to ask you this initial question. 
how did you get started on YouTube? Like, why now are you in this thing? Like what we were talking about earlier, you were doing it full throttle. What made you start on YouTube? Yeah, that's a great question. It's one of my favorite conversations to have because I've always, probably like a lot of us, I've always been into performance and I've been into hosting and emceeing and I was a big sound geek in high school. I was the, like the DJ in ASB, you know, so I'd bring out the speaker system at lunch and I would uh, kind of be like, hey, everybody, we're going to play some of your favorite jams today at lunchtime. And then it'd be like, you know, Biggie Smalls would play. Uh, I was in charge of buying all the CDs for the school sound, you know, uh, ASB system and whatnot. So I've always had sort of that inside of me, you know, uh, in, in high school, uh, this was back in like 98, right? That's when I graduated, uh, me and my buddies had a small handy cam and we just on the weekends, man, we'd go to his house and we would come up with funny videos that we would film. I remember one time I did remember Forrest Gump where yes. Jenny comes out and she's singing naked in that bar. I do remember that. Okay. So uh, I did a video just straight faced, right? Just straight faced. I was wearing gym shorts and that's it. And I pulled the gym shorts up really, really tight, really, really high, uh, put the guitar over me. So it looked like I was, you know, uh, disrobed and I sat there and I played the song she played, you know, how many roads must a man walk down? And, and I played that for about a minute and then my buddy came in and hit me with a hammer and I, we, that was the end of the skit, you know? Well, we, we put a bunch of these together in sort of like a reel, uh, just these, we did one called Forrest Bump, uh, about a guy named Forrest who got run over by a car and we made it look like my friend got run over and, and we played all these at sort of the end of the year party. We just put them on, on the TV in the background. And I remember one of the guys that I, in that high school that I look up to, looked up to, and he, he turned around out of nowhere and was laughing hysterically, pointing at the TV, crying his eyes out at me, uh, doing this scene from, from Forrest Gump and this, this naked guitar scene. And I think for me, that was when I was like, okay, this makes people laugh. Um, so I've always been sort of producing videos. And when YouTube came out, you know, I think I was uploading my videos as, as early as 2006 uh, and just using it as a place to store anything that I was doing. And, and from there, it just sort of grew into what it is today. Yeah, a lot of it is about that reaction, even if you're doing like educational content, which is what I do, and, and you do a lot of that as well. But it's the reaction of people either learning something or being entertained. You know, we are entertainers. That's what we are. We're either educators or we're entertainers. That's, you know, either there's either or on YouTube. And the reactions that we get from our audience and community is just uh, some of the most fun things to experience as a creator. So you mentioned that you've always been a performer. Have you had any history in acting before the YouTube deal or once you've discovered, you know, your love for being on camera, did it just kind of go from there? I did. You know, that is such a fun question to answer. I, I, I did. Uh, I was eight years old and I auditioned for a play at Long Beach City College and I, I got cast as the role of Tiny Tim and I was immediately struck with sort of the bug. Uh, and so from then on, I, I was always involved in choir. Every presentation I ever did in school was, uh, you know, a performance. It was always like, well, I could write the essay, but couldn't I do a rap in front of the class? And my teacher was like, yeah, you can do a rap in front of the class. And so that was my very first rap song, which was uh, Egypt. Egypt is a very hot and dry land. The color there is very bland. You know, and I, I could still tell you all, all the words to the song. And, and uh, I remember 
the the dare drug abuse resistance education do you have this out in atlanta we do we do yeah i don't know if it's very uh, prominent any more but when i was in school it was very very something we did a lot nancy reagan just say no right the uh, so i our dare officer a police officer would come to our school every week or so and like do a teaching on drugs or education whatever uh, and he said, I would love to have you guys do that rap for, um, you know, this big event we're having. And so I've uh, since then got into high school. I was in theater classes. Uh, I wouldn't say any like professional training. It was never outside of the school, the the public school systems training. But it was certainly my passion. And it was also um, the great uh, uh, the, the great turning point in my life because I focused all my energy in high school on performing and theater and arts and uh, the day we graduated, I remember sort of all the kids going like, oh, well, I'm going to college now. And I was like, oh, crap, we're, we're supposed to go somewhere and do something. Um, and, I, you know, I lost a good couple of years trying to find my purpose. And, and then it, it was I came back at the end of the day. I came back to performance through this amazing vehicle of YouTube. So I'm very grateful um, for all those experiences and where they, they've enabled me to build a thriving business uh, teaching other people how to use video. So it's uh, I'm glad it all happened the way it did. So how did you land upon what you're doing now with all of the stuff that you're doing over on the Owen Video YouTube channel, um, the stuff that you're doing with the business, the Biz Video podcast and whatnot? Like, how did you land on that? Like, what was the what was that turning point of, you know, you love doing all of these skits, you love entertaining people. How did you decide, oh, wait a minute, I could also bring value to these people, still entertain them and help them grow their content and their business. You know, that was uh, just a, a wonderful experience of um, pure, total chaos, <laughs> you know, in, in making that happen. Uh, it was actually Judge Judy, believe it or not, that threw me over, over the edge. I was in a, a relationship for a long time. Uh, that relationship ended and it ended with like some, some severe disagreements over who owned what, you know? So I remember I was, uh, I, you know, I got a, uh, a, a subpoena at my work and I was so embarrassed. I actually took off the back. I took out, I was working at a radio station at the time and I, I left out the back. Someone's like, Hey Owen, there's a, like a person here. They want to serve you papers. And I was like, I'll oh, tell them I'm in the bathroom. And so I ducked out. I went out the back of the way. I'm sure this person saw me and knew what I was doing. Um, but, you know, the way that it works is that you don't have to actually be there. They can just serve the, your work, the papers, and that was it. So I get I, I have to go to court now with my girlfriend. Well, within 24 hours, I got a phone call from the Judge Judy people that were like, hey, come air all of your dirty laundry on national television. And I said, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to go to court and I'm going to win this thing. You know, all this pride sort of speaking through. And she goes, we'll pay it for everything. I go, you got a deal, you know, so, so I go on to Judge Judy. I get my, you know what, handed to me on national TV. I mean, she just hated me. Uh, didn't pay a dime in anything. In fact, I got money. I was paid a small a stipend for, for going on the show. Well, enter YouTube, right? So I went home, recorded the thing on my TiVo, and then put it on YouTube. And what I had found was um, that there was this entire army of people watching this video that either loved me or hated me. And Dusty, I had like, I had minions. I had people that I didn't even know that were defending me and like, how dare you speak to, to him this way? And other people were like, he is a jerk. Look at all the things that he did to this girl. And so my, my roommate comes home and she says, are you seeing what's going on on YouTube? And I go, no. And she shows me and I go, oh my gosh. Um, like this means something. I, I wasn't like offended by the people that were being rude. 
and I wasn't especially like flattered by the people who were defending me. I was just so aware of the reaction and the engagement. Now, NBC ended up or, or whoever, uh, the, the station ended up pulling all those videos down for copyright infringement. But I couldn't forget what happened. And I thought if I could make such an impact uh, in one, you know, 11 minute spot, imagine what I could do with my funny videos and with my ability to uh, uh, to create funny things. And so I went out and I started uh, creating videos for business owners. I figured the easiest way uh, to do that would be to start with coffee shops and just say, hey, I'll make a video for you. And so I charged 20 bucks to make a video, um, lost a little bit of the humor because business owners don't really want that. They just want kind of like, a, hey, here's here you, you should come to my company. Uh, and I started making videos. And before I knew it, I had a full-fledged business where people were calling me and asking me, hey, come do a video for my company. And so that's that's sort of how it all started. And I, you know, from that, I began to to study YouTube. And it wasn't just about entertaining it was about how can we grow this and scale this and and turn this into a thing where i don't have to go um get fired anymore side note you know i i don't really do well at jobs you know <laughs> i'd rather work for myself so that's how it all began it, it began by a really embarrassing episode turning into a life-changing thing i love that now so now you do this full-time you you help companies you do your youtube channel um and you do the podcast so let me ask you this if there's people out there listening to this and they're they're budding creators they're creators that are you know starting their youtube channels or wanting to start a youtube channel what are the top two or three things that you tell your clients when you're trying to get a video to be successful and to have someone get a successful YouTube channel, like you do a lot of YouTube um, education as well as as do I. What are the what are the two or three things that you just tell every one of your clients? The core principle is what I call the P3 content strategy, and that's platform, people, and purpose. Platform is where are you uploading the video? Is it Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch? Where are you streaming from? You know, in this case, we're talking about YouTube. Um, and so you've got to be making videos that are designed for a YouTube audience, right? A YouTube audience is expecting a certain amount of, of post-production. They're expecting a certain amount of flair. You know, if we wanted to just kind of see like random crappy viral videos, you know, that's sort of where you go to Facebook for, uh, and I say crappy, I'm talking about low production value. You know what I mean? Um, so when you consider uh, platform people purpose, it's going to help you carve out a better video. So number one, this video that I'm making, is it designed for the people on YouTube? Uh, and and am, I, am I doing things consistent with what works on YouTube, like pointing to annotations or, or excuse me, uh, uh, cards uh, or, or using the end cards? Are you spending the last 20 seconds of your video saying, hey, watch some of my other videos on the left here and actually using the end cards that are, are built into it? Uh, so that's that's platform, and there's sort of a handful of, of assumptions that go into that. Uh, people is the next one. Uh, who are the people that you're actually making this for? You know, especially with vloggers and hobby creators, what I find is that we're deep down, you're making the video for yourself. And that's okay in the beginning while no one's watching you. You have to sort of like uh, express your passion. But I would encourage you guys to really get solid feedback from people and you know Facebook is a great place to do this even though I know a lot of YouTubers don't spend a lot of time necessarily on Facebook it's a great place to go into a group and say guys rip this video apart for me you know uh, and and tell me what you think family and friends ask them to like really give you feedback so that you're making a video for people and something that they actually want to see 
listen to their feedback. Um, hey, I liked it, but it took you like a really long time to get into the content. Well, when you hear feedback like that, think about how you can use that and grow from it. Whereas the natural inclination, I think, is for us to go, oh, well, I did that because of this reason. So I'm not, that's stupid, but thank you, you know. Um, listen to the advice and actually live it out. Watch what happens when you take someone's advice and then you actually do it in your next video. Uh, that person in a lot of cases has become a fan for life because you actually listen. They feel like they're a part of the channel. Um, so asking for comments in your videos and then listening to what the feedback is on those. You know, I've got one vlogger that I'm working with um, uploading every single day. And he said, I don't know what I can do to engage my audience more. And I simply said, ask them, you know, you've got 300 subscribers. You're getting 115 views of video, you know, go just ask them. Hey guys, it's me, you know, so-and-so channel. I, today's special video. I just wanted to ask you guys, what, what do you like about the channel? What do you want to see more of? You know, I see a lot of family vlog channels that are really focused on the dad and it's like, Hey bro, um, I'd rather see the kids, you know, um, I saw a video just today of a guy uh, on location somewhere and the whole video was of his face uh, and, and the background, it was this amazing travel place. It's like, dude, get the camera off of you and show me this place that you're in. Uh, little little things like that and then, so that's people or, or uh, the people that you're making the video for. And then finally is purpose. What is the purpose of your video? Is it to get subscribers? Um, is it to just get views, go viral? Uh, or is it to generate clicks back to a website for some business purpose like uh, uh, retargeting or a lead conversion or something like that? Make the video with a specific call to action towards that purpose. You know, if you're looking to grow a channel um, and, and you want to get subscribers, then then put a purpose into your video that's going to ingratiate subscribers to, to, you know, to hit that subscribe button. Maybe it's create a mission statement. That's what me and my wife are doing for our new channel, Thriving Sexy Marriage. Our mission is to impact marriages around the globe. And so we're going to invite our, our viewers to go on a journey with us. Can you help us impact marriages um, by subscribing to the channel and tuning in every week? You know, you're helping us get the word out. So we, we've put in sort of like this this bigger mission statement. And I think a lot of creators could do that. You know, Hey, I'm going to teach a thousand people or, or whatever, how to build a chair. Uh, if you've got a woodworking channel, you know, and then put that mission statement in to your video somewhere so that your viewers want to take this journey with you. And it's not just about, do you like me reward me with a subscribe? It's more like come with me on this journey together. And the only way to do that is, is to hit the subscribe button. So by, by thinking about what your purpose is in your video, and it might just be views, it might be shares, it might be comments, you know, you've got these different objectives. I think largely it's to subscribe and get subscribers. Make a video towards that end, you know. I think for your channel, Dusty, it's like, hey, if you want to get, you know, up to the date technology uh, and be you sort of like, like on the, the leading edge of technology, then you got to subscribe, you know. Uh, and you've got, you know, uh, what, uh, triple digits or six digits uh, of subscribers, you know, 100,000 some odd subscribers. Uh, it's working. And I would urge other creators to do something very similar. Yeah, it is about finding who you're trying to reach. And I love I love the way you're using the, the triple P there, the platform, the people and the, pur the purpose. And here yeah. recently, I've been really honing in on the people.
Um, and for me and my channel, it's really difficult because I do a tutorial-based channel, and there may be a week that goes by that a subscriber of my channel has no use for any of my videos. Yes. B- just because yeah. of the fact of, hey, you know, I don't really need to know how to stream on Twitch, or I don't need to know how to create a personal hotspot with my iOS device, and that's okay. They they will remain subscribed because for those videos that do connect with them, those are the ones that are keeping them subscribed. And it's a lot easier for a community-based channel like a vlogging channel or a, a different type of channel that has a higher subscriber-to-view rate where the majority of the yeah. subscribers will be watching the videos. I'm more of a search-based channel. and. I am really focusing in on the people and I'm really utilizing like the YouTube, the pinned comments on the comments section. And basically every tutorial that I do, I say, hey, guys, if you want to know anything else about live streaming, please put that in the comment below. Because what happens is and Owen, you know this, too. All of your future video ideas, those ideas are coming from your audience and the reaction that you're going to get from those people when you do the video they're asking you to do it's like oh my gosh it's I, i'm the one doing it you know i'm the one who, who's pulling the strings here and it makes them feel really special it makes them feel involved and i love that so guys remember it's all about the platform the people and your purpose and if you remember those three things i think owen covered a lot of ground there so if you need to pause it here rewind a few minutes and go back and listen to what he said because i think there's some super value there when it comes to growing your youtube channel now owen we talked pre-show about live streaming and I would be remiss not to talk with you someone who um, who I admire and love the way you edit video but you also run a very good live stream something that you and I also have in common is that uh, I love to DJ I love to host I, I, yeah. I love the the presenter uh, I guess you would say position or platform and it's not it's not oh, because I yeah. love the stage or I'm addicted to the stage that's something that you have to balance as a creator and as a performer but I, I just I love the opportunity to to, to lead a group of people people into a direction, whether it be getting them to dance or getting them to laugh or whatever it may be. I love that. So let's talk live streaming for a moment. What do you think going forward? And, and I you, I know you mentioned to me, you made a bold statement before we went on air, and I'm not going to, to speak ahead of myself here. I'll let you say that if you want to. <laughs> but how do you think live streaming fits into this? If there's someone starting a YouTube channel now, like, what should be the mix of live streaming and pre-recorded videos that are fully edited? And the follow-up to that is the barrier to entry to getting into streaming is way less than it used to be because people hear this, and they'll hear this interview, Owen, and they'll be like, well, yeah, these guys have awesome equipment, and of course they can stream. But I want you to explode that myth and tell my audience that you don't have to have top-of-the-line stuff to create and produce a stream. So I know that threw a lot at you there, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics because I've been live streaming since uh, for the last six years. Uh, the very, I mean, I've been streaming from my mobile phone, guys, for the last six years. I've been streaming uh, with high-end studio equipment on on platforms like Ustream and Livestream.com for the last, I guess it's been more like seven years for some of that. So I've been streaming for a long time. And one of the great joys of my life uh, is, was getting, being able to, uh, sort of put away my black magic gear, which is amazing gear. It's just heavy and it's expensive, you know, being able to sort of put away my studio camera, my Panasonic, which is an amazing, amazing camera. And I love it. 
Um, but carrying all this stuff around back and forth, and every time you want to go live, it's like you got to set up the camera, you got to get the black magic box, you got to have um, uh, the software plugged in and updated, and all this type of stuff. You got to have the bandwidth, and everything's got to be hardwired. And you know, don't forget to hardwire. Uh, uh, your mic channels and everything, all of that, you know, has been just sort of eliminated from the conversation as a necessity with the advent of YouTube Live and, of course, other platforms like Facebook Live, uh, Instagram Live as well. These lowered the bar for everybody. So now, even though we're sort of geeky and we love to have these, these crisp, perfect, clear presentations, our audiences are not requiring that from us anymore. And because of that, we have the opportunity as creators to engage our audience in in the ways that they want to be engaged, right? Which means we can engage them in real time, uh, in real life, and uh, up, you, you know, real close, I, I guess is kind of a, a nice way to say that. We can give them access to things that they normally don't get access to. You can have a vlog channel on YouTube, and then you can do a live uh, throughout the week that sort of shows you making that vlog or whatever that's going to come out. It shows some of the B-roll, the behind the scenes. So I do believe that you guys should be live streaming and I believe that there should be sort of a purpose to it, you know, kind of going back to that, that P3 content strategy. What I would suggest is that you guys are going live on your YouTube channels at least once a week and asking your audience what they love, hate, and want to see more of, you know, using it, you get this immediate, um, you know, this immediate gratification, you get immediate engagement, um, you get the likes, the views immediately, right? Uh, before the, if you, you know, if you can get, you know, 50 people, uh, trickling through your show, I mean, you're going to have 50 views on that before you've even hung up the thing before you've even hung up the phone, so to speak, you know, and then, and then you have all the, the SEO value after you've gone live, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube loves to promote live videos. So, and then, of course, you know, we get into some of the SEO stuff. Google, uh, uh, these things get picked up and they rank faster and, and, and uh, the watch time is increased and all this kind of stuff because it's live format. People watch it longer. Uh, I think that it, as a creator, you're missing out on the full advantages of YouTube if you're not using live to go behind the curtain and engage with your audience in a way that pushes your channel forward. So maybe it's not, maybe it's not necessarily getting feedback. Maybe it's just Q&A. You know, um, maybe it's showing them just behind the scenes, the real you, you know, um, if you're, if you're, maybe you're super polished in your videos. I think every good creator, uh, has taken advantage of this, of this in some way, shape or form. Even Daryl Eves, you know, he's moved over to a, a, like an almost a live format, uh, you know, where he's shooting in, in one or two takes, um, still editing, but using that same approach to get more watch time on his channel. I think live streaming is, is very wise whether you're doing it from mobile or from a program like OBS, both are a good idea. So talk about the barrier to entry now. So you are a guy like myself who love the technology behind it, and, and we're going to have the latest and greatest. But if there's someone out there right now thinking to themselves, yeah, oh, and that's great. You're telling me I should live stream at least once per week. Well, how am I going to get started? Number one, go to Owen Video YouTube channel or go to the Technology Guru YouTube channel, and we've got a ton of tutorials to get you set up on OBS yeah. and streaming on Twitch and Facebook and all of that good stuff. We've got a lot of videos uh, over on our channels. But here in the podcast, what can you tell that person? as far as like getting started with live streaming? Yeah, by the time you decide to get started, um, you're going to have a thousand more competitors that you're going to have to rise above. So 
I tell this to my clients all the time, you know, is that, well, I'm going to get started on live streaming once I get the ATR 2100. And once I get the, the Panas or, or the, the, the Logitech C920, whatever the case might be. And I tell them, look, by the time, unless you're going to buy that thing today, the, the, the only, the time it takes you to get up and running with all the gear that you think you need to have, you're going to have a thousand new YouTubers are going to have popped up and are competing for that same space online. So you need to start it now. You need to bruise your heels now. Look, the very first time I went live from my mobile device was six years ago when my first son was being born in the hospital. We streamed the whole thing on quick.com. It was a Skype owned company. I think it's still around, but I'm not exactly sure who owns it or what they're doing. Uh, we were able to stream from mobile directly onto the internet at that time. And I could have gone through, oh my gosh, it's not professional, or oh, it's pixelated, or oh, it's this square video. But I, you got to cut your teeth on it now so that as your audience and the general audience population grows, you're an established professional already. You're someone who's already cut their teeth on the program. You know, you've still got to go live. And then go through all the bumps, scrapes, and bruises to get good at being live. And if you don't start now, you're going to have to start that process in three months or four months or, or this, this mythological date of when you're ready or when it's the right time. Guys, now is the right time. The YouTube mobile app is all you need and a tripod. The YouTube mobile app and a tripod is all you need to get started. If you've got a family vlog, creator vlog, plop that camera down and engage with your audience right there. That is how recently I've started um, uh, just going live on YouTube every Monday. It started on the mobile app and now it's sort of um, progressed over into uh, OBS, which has then evolved into Wirecast. OBS, this is great. If you guys want to be streaming your desktop, if you want to be doing webinars, if you want to be showing people what's on your computer screen or what's on your mobile phone screen, you've got to get OBS. It's free. This software, Livestream.com, I, I used to stream live with Livestream.com. My clients would pay me to come out, film their webinars, and do all that stuff. Uh, costs hundreds of dollars per month, hundreds of dollars per month to be on that system. Now you can do the same thing with OBS. Uh, OBS, for me, I've maxed it out. There's more that we want to do, so now we've moved up to Wirecast. Wirecast is 500 bucks, you know? Some of you guys out there go, ah, oh, 500 bucks, I can't. Maybe you can't. That's, that's an advanced software. You need to know how to work it before you even think about buying it. But my point is this. What once cost $300 a month to have access to is now available at my fingertips in a user-friendly interface for $500 one time, which means that uh, I'm able to get out there. I'm able to duplicate my broadcast, right? With Wirecast, I can go live on Facebook and on YouTube at the same time just like a TV station, right? I have a power that before only Ed McMahon and Simon Cowell used to have, right? Remember that show Star Search? Yes, yes, I do. I'll give him three stars, right? And then you <laughs> progress to the next level. Uh, it used to be the gatekeepers that decided who's, who got to be famous and who got their message out. With live streaming, you get to be the one who decides if your message gets out. And it starts... By holding the camera in front of you, pressing live, and and just yeah, go. there has to be a day one. There has to be a ground zero. And if you never get started, you know exactly what you just said is what I've been preaching on this podcast about people and their YouTube channels for the past you know six months to a year. And that's that if you don't ever start, guys, then 
you never know. How how are you ever going to know if you ever could have a successful YouTube channel if you don't ever start? Well, well, maybe I'll start next week, or I'll start next month, or I'll I'll start during this you know busy you know. When I get all these things together, when this massive impossible checklist is finished, right? Like, well, I'm going to do it. I got to wait till the summertime because then the kids are out of school and I'll have more time. And then I'm going to buy a green screen. And I'm going to, you know, and I, guys, I get it. I went through all of that. And I watched people that are, are my friends. They were my friends then. They're my friends now. But I'm watching. I watched them hit that six figure number faster than I did because they just got started. You know, um, I we were talking off the air. Uh, I don't even know, Dusty, if it's. In my own channel, I'm wondering if I want to keep editing and pre-producing content because live streams are so effective and it's more natural to my personality. You know, I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist. So if I don't get it out, if I don't just get it out, I might I might reshoot the same punchline four times and then I got to go through all that in editing and it just takes more and more time. There's a certain thing about editing that I like and I don't want to necessarily leave quite yet, but the advantages of live streaming. Um, it's what people want right now and, and get good at it because there may be a time where pre-producing videos, uh, you know, is not even a cool thing anymore. You got to be positioned for that. I think you, if you want to prepare for the future and become future proof as a YouTube channel, the next thing in line is definitely live streaming. It's already here. It's only going to get more uh, prevalent and people are, are going to only do it more. So speaking of the future, the last question that I want to ask you in this interview, Owen, uh, this, the time has flown by. It's just like the, the, whenever, whenever I talk about this stuff, time just goes by so fast because I'm just so passionate about it. But in closing, I want to ask you this. What do you think the future of YouTube looks like as far as the you know, short term and long term? Obviously, uh, you know, we had the big dr drama, you know, earlier this year with the advertisers dropping out and there's things going on with YouTube. I think YouTube's going to be here for the long haul. It, yeah. it, it, it's going to look differently, but it will be here for the long haul. And I think live streaming is definitely going to be a big part of it. But in the future, if someone's out there thinking about starting or wanting to grow their YouTube channel, what do you think the future of YouTube's going to look like? Uh, it's a great question. And it's one that I, I think that there's some, uh, there's a little doom and gloom there uh, from my perspective right now. Uh, but there's also a, a huge silver lining. So I, I think that the adpocalypse situation is going to figure itself out. Okay. Right now I've watched entire channels get shut down. Right. And this is of course referring to big advertisers are, you know, getting skeptical about which videos they're their ads are playing in front of one of my good friends, uh, Jarhead Six. He's got a uh, he's got a, a channel on self defense and guns, munitions, bullets. Uh, his views uh, organically have just dropped um, it, to the point where he's starting a whole new channel. I mean, it put him out of business. I think that that is going to get fixed in the future, right? I think that as more advertisers come on board, uh, they're going to want to target. Uh, gun channels and self-defense channels and these other things. So I think that that's all going to be clear. I think that the 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 advertising arena for YouTube is going to open up tremendously. Okay, that's a really really good thing for every single hobby creator, because as more advertisers get on board, the more likely it is that these advertisers will have something in common with you. Right. So even though right now you're, uh, you know, you're teaching bowling, right. And, and nobody's, you know, maybe it's not taking off the way you thought it was, but as more bowling alleys start buying YouTube ads, you're, you'll get more targeted ads played in front of your videos. 
So as that happens, your ad revenue is going to go up. So I think that as, as YouTube opens up to more um, uh, advertisers, that the, the space is going to get more profitable for some of us micro creators. When I say micro creators, I mean um, smaller channels will be able to make bigger incomes. Okay. So how can you guys help with that? You guys should be YouTube evangelists as I am. I speak about and defend YouTube like someone's insulting my religion. As so do I, I. A guy, yeah, somebody was saying the other day, 80% uh, uh, of Americans are spending X amount of their time on YouTube. What a waste of time. And I was like, excuse me, sir. You know, YouTube brought my wife home from her job. YouTube taught me a trade I wasn't able to learn in college, you know. Uh, YouTube, and I, I defend YouTube, you guys should too. You should be talking to your friends who own businesses and the local ice cream shop that, hey, have you thought about YouTube ads? Just drop it out there. Talk. I have a YouTube channel. Would you want to maybe advertise on my channel? You guys should be talking about that and getting people interested in that space. Um, the other part of YouTube is I think it's going to go way, way commercial. I think that we're going to get like massively big brands on YouTube like uh, a TNT, uh, CNN. I think that these companies, you know, we're already seeing YouTube TV being rolled out in the major uh, DMAs, the major metropolitan areas. Uh, Dallas has it. Um, um, Salt Lake has it. Uh, uh, LA has it. As those corporate channels come in, you, you as a channel are going to have to pay to get more exposure, right? Because you're not, your channel's not going to show up when somebody's watching TNT, despite the fact that they love your channel, right? Instead, it's going to be Hulu and it's going to be, you know, uh, a Grey's Anatomy reruns and it's going to be all these other TV shows that are taking attention away from you. So I think as you as the creator, you are also going to learn, have to learn this pay to play environment. And I know for a lot of you guys, you're ready to hang up the phone right now and be like, I'll never do it. I'll never go corpo. I am an artiste, you know, and what I do is brilliant. And and I share, guys, I share that disgust with you. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm part of that crowd with you. However, um, the the adapters, the survivors are those who adapt. And so you've got to start thinking to yourself, okay, look, when when uh, uh, um, uh, when the NBA or the presidential debates or or when the the the, the season finale of The Walking Dead is on, how are you going to continue to get views? in sort of this, this uh, media-dominated YouTube space, you know? And I think that ads are gonna be a good thing for you. Having pre-roll ads where you're paying 25 cents to run in front of uh, um, uh, these TV shows that are happening in, you know, but you're only running your ad to people in your area or people that have expressed an interest in your product. Finding how you can spend a little bit of money to boost your channel's visibility in a, what's going to be a very noisy, very competitive space, I think would be a wise move for all you creators. So, you know, don't hide behind the integrity of organic, okay? Um, get familiar with what it means to pay to play, what it means to boost your videos, what it means to run a pre-roll ad, um, and, and start competing there because that'll make you more competitive uh, in the future. I love it. And Owen, wow, what a great episode it has been today. And I think you've gotten you've had so much value to bring to my audience. And uh, you you can just tell that you're living it right now. You can tell that you're in this space and you love it and you're passionate. You're passionate about helping people further their online video careers because you, as do I, can we know the power of the platform oh, yeah. that is YouTube and just the messages that people have. And that's the that's the main goal, right? Is that I want to help I want to help change 
change lives. I want people to understand that with this platform, they can get their message spread as well. So before we close out, I want you to let my audience know where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Dusty. And I want to let you guys know as a side note too, today is my wife's last day at her 12-year career. She makes uh, $80,000 a year plus benefits, and she has resigned. She's put in her, her resignation to come home and to build my channel with me because we've made it profitable. It's now we're actually losing money by keeping her in the school system because she could be doubling down and, and, and working with me over here. Uh, it started, guys, as, as a simple upload with a website tutorial, you know, that that's one of the first things I uploaded, uh, was sort of a web page tutorial. And now I'm, I'm at a place where it's our full time income for me and my wife. So I want to encourage all of you guys that are listening to this podcast that what has been possible for me and what's been possible for Casey Neistat and for, and for uh, PewDiePie is possible for you. You've got to keep going. You've got to find your, your platform, your people and your purpose. And when you do those things, um, you'll start to you'll start to experience what we've experienced. So keep on going. You can learn more about me and follow what I do at thevideospot.net. That's where I blog. And if you'd like to learn more about how I work with younger creators, you can go to biztubeacademy.com. That's where we teach you how to run your channel like a business on YouTube. So, Dusty, thanks so much for having me. It's been a real uh, pleasure talking to uh, talking to my people here. Love it. Absolutely. All right, guys. You have been listening to another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Until next week, keep pressing that record button. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.